I think before we start, let's just have a word of prayer, and um, then we'll get into, into this morning's sermon. Father, we come to you this morning, and we thank you, Lord, for once again another opportunity we have to sit in your church, Lord, to sit um, under your word, God, and to be taught and, and exhorted and convicted by it. Lord, I pray that the time we have here this morning, Lord, for ba- both the basic, uh, the, the Bible study hour and the, the main service, Lord, that you would come down and talk with us, Lord. Please speak to our hearts, change us, Lord. Um, would you sow good seed, Father, and with that fruit that you, um, that you ask of us, Lord, that that, would, that that would yield good fruit, our lives to you. Father, please use these notes, use me this morning, Father, to, to edify the members in here, Lord, and to build upon um, Father, the, the years and years of, of being in church. God, please change us this morning, and I pray this in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. 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 All right, so thank you for everybody joining us this morning. Um, I'm going to preach to you of the service this morning called The Call to Discipleship, The Mark of a True Believer. And I want you to take good care. I want you to take, uh, sorry, let me just do this. There we go. To take good care of the, of the title here this morning, this morning, I'm not saying it is a command to discipleship. Are they going to go? All right. Anyway, guys, you guys, the kids can head on out. Change your plans again. Change your plans again. If you did not remember your memory verse, now's the time, eh? <laughs> Thanks, get it. That's good to see the church is empty. <laughs> Amen. Wow, it's a lot of kids. My goodness. Come back. <laughs> All right, guys. So you, uh, you would see that I've, I've named this the call to discipleship, the mark of a true believer, and it's not a command. And I want to I wanna maybe just lay some groundwork here this morning as to what I'm going to say and the three points that I'm going to make here this morning. It is, it is a command, but it's not a command. Okay, so if I can put it this way, I wanted to use the kids as an example, but I mean, everybody in here at one stage, uh, you, you were a kid and, and you had to, to submit to some authority, I, I hope. But if you can, can remember and look back at, at, at when you were a kid, your mom or dad or whoever asked you something to do, a chore or whatever it might be. Now they said, can you please wash the dishes or can you please take out the trash? Or in my case, can you please mow the lawn? Now it was more a a statement than a, a question, right? They, they, they kind of, what they were trying to say is, you are going to mow the lawn. But because there is a good relationship, you ask the question, can you please mow the lawn? You want to give that person free will to decide whether or not they're going to do, uh, do, do the tasks that's going to be asked. And so in the end of that, we need to understand that that is exactly the same mindset we need to go in as disciples. It is a call towards discipleship. But... In, the, in, 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 in essence, God has already asks, asked us and kind of commanded us to do what we need to do. And depending on where you are at in your spiritual life, if you are mad at God or you, don't, you, you haven't submitted your life to God, that call, command, whatever it might be, might change a bit. So I am going to try and speak to, the, the, to three different groups this morning, lost, Christians, and disciples. And I hope in those three you can find yourself but please bear in mind that this this morning is a call towards discipleship. It is an exhortation. It is a begging. It is an encouragement to say, please 
get on this bus and let's go and do the service for Christ together. Is it not always a lot better the relationship if somebody asks you as a kid to do something and you do it willingly? You say, yes, yes, I'd, I'd love to do that. You know what, I, you have, you have, uh, you've, you've put that responsibility on me and, and I will do it with all, with all my heart, mind, soul and strength other than the flip side of this saying, no, I'm not going to do it. Because what's going to happen is, yeah, you do have a free will, but I, I'm still the authority and I'm spe- specifically to Christians and, and, and God now, the old disciples and God. God has asked us to do certain things and by no means am I going to... Um, be able to uh, point to everything that God has, 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 has commanded to us or called us to do. But definitely three things that I, that I want to point out to you. So the call to discipleship, the mark of a true believer. And we'll get to, to Scripture now. I want to quickly just review uh, the definition of a disciple. It might be redundant. A lot of you might know it already. Uh, but the, the definition is one who receives or profess to receive instruction from another. And I want to point that out, profess to receive. A lot of people say, yes, I have received Christ as Savior. They profess to receive. But the testimony that their life is showing does not, does not show that. So the, the word and deed doesn't go together. The words are there. They are professing it to have received instruction from Christ, but they don't live that out. One who receives or professes to receive instruction from another, a follower adherent to the doctrines of another. You have submitted yourselves to the teachings or the doctrines or the commands or the, que- uh, the, the, the requests from another. And so in this, I mean, pretty, pretty simple, we have and should be submitted to Christ. And we are disciples of Christ, just as in the old days, the, the 12 apostles were disciples of Christ. And in Acts, the 3,000 that got saved, disciples, and the 5,000 disciples, and that kind of just carried on through through, the, through history, and in, in today's day and age, we should still be called disciples of Christ. There is a charge laid on you to pick up your cross and follow. It's kind of the whole thing of uh, um, 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 imitate, imitate Christ. That whole thing, if, I don't know, again, as kids, you kind of do that a lot. If you have siblings, that you, they would do something and you would imitate them just to irritate them. Stop doing that. Stop doing that. Why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? And it kind of in that, we should have that same mindset to imitate Christ as closely. If, if the Holy Spirit takes a step left, we want to do the same thing. If the Holy Spirit takes a step right, we want to do the same thing. If the Holy Spirit pricks us to say that, before the penny drops the floor, we need to say that. But that takes time. You, de- you don't just walk into Christianity and say, yes, I'm, I know exactly what the Spirit wants of me, and that's where the whole encouragement comes in. By no means do I want to uh, push you farther away from Christ this morning or make you doubt, but I want you to consider what is being said here in this morning. There is, it's a lifelong commitment, this discipleship. Just like when you sign a contract to marry this woman, it is a lifelong commitment. When you say contract, you know that there is, there is certain responsibilities that is laid upon you to finish, but you want to do it. And it's the same. It is a lifelong commitment. And so again, I've mentioned it in a uh, couple of sermons ago also, that the perspective we have of Christianity is sometimes a little bit warped. Sometimes we think about it as, I'm going to do it if I want to. I'm going to do it if I feel like it. And, and that, is, that, that is not the case. Um, you see, we need, to get the, we need to keep the movement going. The church is here, and the discipleship, the reason for discipleship is there so that, now listen closely, we need to get the lost saved. 
All right? You guys agree with that. We need to get the lost saved by preaching the gospel to them. Then when they are saved, when they are Christians, we need to get the Christians discipled. Okay? And once the Christians are discipled, we need to get the discipled to disciple. You get what I'm saying? And a lot of times we get the lost saved, so now they are Christians, but they are not disciples. They profess to know all of this, but their actions doesn't prove it. So we need to get that whole circle going. Get the lost saved. Get the saved discipled. Get the one that has been discipled to disciple another. And we, want, we need to keep that going. And so on, we will continue to get people flowing through that door. I'm not say, we do not want numbers. I'm, I'm not saying we need to push for a mega church. But the more we get people sitting under Bible, believing, preaching, and teaching, the more we can get the word out there of what is important and what God wants. And the age-old question of why are we here, we can get that answer and we can get people equipped. And that's why it is so important to answer the call where you are at today. To say, I, I need to get wherever you're at. If you're, this mo- if you're lost this morning, you know the next step is being saved. A couple of weeks ago, I said, I kind of, my whole life, it's a whole kiss strategy. Keep, keep it simple, stupid. If you're lost, get saved. If you're saved, there's a, Bible, there's a basic discipleship class starting 1st of March. Enroll there, sign in, get discipled. Once you are discipled, you need to go out and say, all right, I'm going to shadow somebody, and now my next step is to disciple somebody else so that that guy can disciple somebody else. And that that guy, listen, if you're done discipling one person, it doesn't mean you're yeah, box ticked, now I can relax. It's a constant effort. You're going to go from the disciple, and discipleship is not the basic discipleship course. Please understand that. Discipleship is a lifelong process. You, it's the whole thing. You imitate Christ. That person that you are discipling, you, you are the, the, I want to say the link to Christ. You follow Christ, they follow you. Of course, it's, you are not the one to Christ. Please understand that. If you are taken out of that, they still have the responsibility to follow Christ. But they, they, they're not aware of everything that needs to be done. So you are that testimony and you need to keep close to them. One thing that is important, and please, this is still just the introduction to this, but it's the exclusivity of discipleship. A lot of people just say, yeah, yeah, I'm a disciple. But guys, it's an exclusive group that are able to call themselves disciples. Because if you're a Christian, there's a difference between Christianity of just being a Christian and being a disciple. And a lot of people, a lot of times people, they don't really want to want to hear that because it takes work. It takes effort to go from the one to the, the other. What I do want to say is, Am I able to say, in the day and age, I am able to say that, but we know what we know. So am I able to say, I am a man, but I'm not a male? Biologically, that doesn't work. Okay? You get that. I cannot, I cannot, take the, uh, I cannot say I'm a male, but I'm not a man, or I'm a man, but I'm not a male. These two go together. And just so, Christianity and discipleship go together. We cannot separate them. So where you ever, wherever you are in your, in, at your life and you say, I am a Christian, if you are and are you following in the footsteps of a disciple, and if you are, then you can put those two together. But I, I do want to make this statement and say, if you call yourself a Christian, if you say, yes, I follow in the footsteps of Christ, are you? And if you are not, I would rather do some introspection and say, you know what? 
before I go ahead and say, yes, I am a Christian, I need to do some changes. I need to do some legwork. I need to get in line rather with what the Bible said um, rather than bringing the Bible in line with what, what I'm currently, currently doing. Um, what I do want to say is as well, there's a lot of gray areas involved in this. And that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm not going to give you an exhausted list of what you should be doing. I try to stick as close to the Bible as possible. And I'm going to mention these three things of what, uh, what the Bible, what I see out of the Bible, we are called, commanded, and, 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 and asked, requested to do. In, um, in the book of Matthew, um, I think let's, let's quickly turn there before we, we dive into this. Matthew chapter number 10. Matthew chapter number twen- 10. Matthew chapter number 10. I said earlier that we are here to imitate Christ. We are here to imitate Christ. The Bible says here in Matthew chapter number 10 and verse 25, It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master and the servant as his Lord. If they have called the master of the house house Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of his household? Fear them not, therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid that shall not be known. What I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light, and what ye hear in the ear, that preach ye upon the house stops. And that leads into my first point there in verse number 27. What I tell you in darkness that speak ye in light. We are called to preach. We are called to preach. Jesus has asked you to please preach. Now with that in mind, what we hear in secret, tell that on the house stops. Take your Bibles. You can leave Matthew and turn to Second Timothy. The book of Second Timothy chapter 4. When you get one of the T's, you will find all the T's. Timothy, Thessalonians, Titus, all of them are together. Second Timothy chapter number 4, what Paul wrote Timothy here. Let's start reading there in verse 1. Second Timothy 4 and 1. I charge you, I charge you, I call you, I command you, I request you, thee therefore, brethren, uh, um, sorry, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and at his kingdom. Verse 2, preach the word. That's it. Preach the word. When, Paul, be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Hence, my statement to say, guys, This message here this morning is to encourage you. It's to exhort you. It's to say, let's all grab shoulders together and let's push towards this this discipleship, this call to be discipled. Paul said, preach the Word. Preach the Word. He said there, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know why He charged you? Have you read 2 Timothy 3 and what's going on in the last days? For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying their power thereof, from such turn away. That whole list prefaces this to Paul charging Timothy and the rest of us to say, preach the word. Is that not the state 
of our town? Is that not the state of our society? We need to preach. It is a call laid on us. Verse 3 there, 2 Timothy 4 and 3. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Question. And I need everybody to answer. In verse 3, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Did Paul say, when that time comes, stop preaching? No. No, guys. Verse 2 is still valid. Preach the word. He is just emphasizing and saying, guys, it's not going to be easy always. But because it's not easy doesn't mean it, it, it nullifies the fact that we should preach. The call to preach is still there, easy or not, in season, out of season. There's going to be some times you have to reprove, rebuke. There's going to be some time you have to exhort. But all three of those, reprove, rep, uh, uh, rebuke and exhort, comes with long suffering. But there is a call, there is a charge laid on us to preach in season and out of season. For when that time comes when they will not endure sound doctrine, I don't want to say we are there, but I think we are there. They will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own selves shall they heap to, uh, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Just tell me what I want to hear. I want to hear good things. I want to hear blessings. I want to hear that I'm doing life right. I want to hear that it is my life and I get to make the decisions. I want to hear, don't show up for this. I want to hear, no, 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 that's not important. I want to hear my lusts edified. And Paul says, even if that happens, preach the word with all long suffering. The next thing I want to say is, guys, it will not come naturally. I don't think anybody in this church, anybody sitting in front of me here or listening online, has some form of uh, complex to pursue conflict. It's not a fun thing. If you know that that you have some quarrel with with another person and you have to sort it out, it's not something we strive towards say, yes, I like the conflict, I like the arguments, I like to to scuff up with, with other. It's not nice. But Paul says there, Preach the word. He says there in verse 4, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth. Guys, because of that, there will come some conflict. If you preach the word, we don't want that. We don't go out and and just say, all right, who am I going to pick that I can fight with? But we are called to preach. Whether it comes naturally or not, we need to change us. We need to change what we see as natural. Lord, I don't want to go out and preach. Now, what I'm saying preaching is I don't, I'm not talking about going on the street corner and say, thus says the Bible. I'm not even saying prepare a sermon and come and preach it. I'm saying share the gospel. There is a charge laid upon you to share it with your, your co-workers, to share it with your schoolmates, to share it with your classmates, to share it with your family, to share it with your friends, to share it with the one sitting next to you in church, to, see, to share it to the one you've known for 30 years. Preach the word. It will not come naturally. And that's our problem. They will turn away their ears. Guys, they will. Don't go at it. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. They will. There is going to come time where where you're going to pass out a track to somebody you might know or might not know. 
And they're going to say, no, but this is old age. No, 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 no. The, 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 this is not truth anymore. You will have to stand your ground and fall back on the fact that I am called to preach. Even if I walk away from that, that conversation saying, you know what? Not a lot happened. Did you sow the seed? Did you, did you do what you could? Did, can you walk away and say, Lord, I tried my best. I'm going to pray for that person. We are called to preach. When I say you need to stand your ground, again, guys, I'm not saying it is just a battlefield, but we need to be reminded of, again, what Paul, what Paul wrote to Timothy, that, that this is a battlefield. We are soldiers. And that in a, in a battle, it doesn't always just go fluently. It, it, I mean, there, there's conflict, and we need to, we need to uh, uh, manage the conflict. We need to have a look and say, I cannot run away from it because I'm not going to learn anything. I'm not going to be walking away from that saying, wow, sure, okay, I know what I need to do now. I know where my weak points are. We need to face these struggles and accept and uh, 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 take that call to preach seriously. Men and women, kids, um, tani, opa, oma, everybody, there's a charge laid on you to preach. Yeah, but I don't feel comfortable. Or it's awkward. Again, does that qualify the fact that we don't need to preach that, nullify that? You're correct. It, sometimes it is awkward. Sometimes it is uncomfortable. Sometimes it, 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 it doesn't flow as, as, as nicely as you want to. But we still need to preach. We still need to preach. Come and try it. We have a church-wide witnessing next week, Saturday. Not the Saturday coming up the 26th. Come and try it out. Please. And our natural man says, no, 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 no. I don't want that. We want to hear and say, if you want to come, please come out. And, and, and I mean, if you're not there, it's, it's fine. We understand. But guys, there's a charge laid on us to preach. If you're 5, if you're 15, if you're 30, if you're 50, if you're 70, you have to preach. No, you don't have to do it on the streets. But what a great opportunity. What a great opportunity. What a great opportunity. The next thing I want to quickly, we are called to preach first of all, and looking at, at this, if we don't preach, if we just say, no, we're not going to preach, what is going to happen to the church? If we don't share the news we have and we just leave it off to chance, to the people that grew up with Christianity, what's going to happen? If, if we don't take this seriously, and, and Romans 10, 10, 10 uh, 13, 14, 15 says that whole thing about how shall they hear except um, um, somebody preaches and how can somebody preaches except he be sent and, 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 and that whole uh, uh, story. How can these people, how can we further the, the kingdom of God if we don't preach, if we don't share what we have? We should be able to share the knowledge so that we can fill up the church so that we can disciple, so that the people in the church can go out, so that we can fill the church up, so we can disciple, so the church people can go out. And You kind of see the whole thing? Yeah. Get the lost saved, get the whole Christian, the whole saved person disciple. We need to get the discipled um, to disciple, and, and we need to get some momentum going. The question is, if we don't preach, how is the truth going to get out there? If we don't say anything, how is the truth going to get out there? And look at the flip side of it. If you, if you don't preach, if you, if you don't take the charge seriously, 
the Bible said, if, 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 if you didn't take the charge seriously, when your dad told you, mow the lawn or take out the trash, you didn't think, yeah, I'll do it when I ever get time. And dad gets home or, or, and he says it's not done and you're the, on your back, just, I don't know what, swimming or playing games or whatever it might be. Ouch. <laughs> my, my situation was kind of, uh, we need to talk and that very rarely went very well for me. But it's kind of the same thing. I'm not saying God standing there with a whip as Pharaoh saying, you better do this, you better preach. But guys, if we want to have this, if we want to walk, how can two walk together, together except they be agreed? If, if Jesus said, I, I agree, preaching is important, and we say, yeah, yeah, I profess to say it's important, but none of my actions show it, do you really believe it? And it's a, bl- it's a, it's a stupid question. Armand, yes, I believe it. But if your actions doesn't prove it, can we then say that you either don't take it seriously or that you actually don't believe the Scriptures? And the other thing is we read about that quite a lot in the, in Ro- in Rome, the book of Romans as well. Is guys, we don't want to be a stumbling block to others. eh? So if somebody says, oh, so you say you're a Christian. Oh, but I read in the Bible here that Jesus said, go make fishers of men and, 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 and. and. Oh, so, so how does that work in your life? You know what, uh, I, I usually what I do is I, I make friends with people and then I kind of see how it goes and when it's a convenient time and then I kinda am very, I'm trying to be very sensitive to the spirit, you kind of bring that in and uh, well, then I'll bring it, bring it across. Oh, okay, and, 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 and you kind of, you're following the whole thing. How many people have you brought to church? That, how God used you? Well, I'm, I'm still busy with this one guy. You see, then somebody looks at that and says, oh, so it must not be that important. I kind of have a shotgun approach to Christianity. If I pass out 100 tracks, then 10 should land, or let's say 5 should land somewhere good. Okay? If you have a sniper of you to, to, uh, to Christianity, that's also fine. You're going to be meticulous to handing out this. I think you need to have both. Sometimes you just be all guns blazing, pass out tracks as far as you go, and other times you say, you know what, I'm going to keep this back now. I'm going to try and, and really... Really, really make sure that I'm on target with this one. And I, I want to make sure that this tract hits the heart. But we need to have both. We need to have that, uh, that balanced approach to this. So first of all, we are called to preach as disciples. Okay? We are called to preach. We are called to preach. The second point I want to make is we are called to partake. And I put in brackets here, we're called to partake in suffering. And this is, again, not a complex of I, I want to go and die for Christ and I want to suffer and I, I want to do all of this. I want to be miserable. No. But we need to understand and we need to, we need to rewire our brains to say if, some, if, if tough times come, again, I need to preface this, not all hard times are from Christ. Okay? Sometimes we bring this upon ourselves and the majority of the times we bring this upon ourselves. But a lot of times Jesus takes us through the storm so that we can minister to somebody else. Does that make sense? If I say, yes, I am good at golf, before you say, can you coach me, you would want to see, can I play golf? So if I say, if I just verbalize, I profess to play golf, and I say, you know what, yeah, take this straight back and bring through the hips and make the, sure the club face is open or closed or whatever and outside in, and you want to kind of let it shape right to left and that whole thing, great, great, can you show me how to do it? Yeah, 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 I can. Whack! And you just shank it over there. You're going to think, well, does this guy know what he's talking about? Is, 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 are, you, are, you, are you for real? But 
if I say, you know what, sure, okay, bad shots are going to come, all right? There's going to come some day that you're not going to feel it and a bad shot come, but the testimony is there that I've played some while with this guy, and, and you know what, 95% of the shots, is, it's, it's, it's really good. Now I can minister to somebody else. If you've been through the Red Sea, if you've been through the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if, you, if you've been through the Red Sea like Israel, you can look back and say, sure, God used, He taught me a lot there. It wasn't fun, but He taught me a lot. And now I can use that experience to minister to somebody else. Somebody can come and say, yo, this Christian life is hard. And you can say, ah, no. What do I do? You just patiently wait. Let's pray together. And you can minister to this person to say, you know what? I know that guy went through this. Can I introduce you to him? Yeah, yeah, he went through something like that. And he can say, oh, brother, it wasn't nice, but you know what? God brought me through it. And a guy says, you know what? This, this is hard. I'm struggling with this. And you can go to an age-appropriate male, woman, whoever it might be, and say, you know what? As, the bro as a brother or sister in Christ, I'm, I'm struggling with this. Can you help me? Yes, I can minister to you. And that we are called to partake in this suffering. Just flip one page to the left, I think. 2 Timothy 3 and verse 12. Again, I'm not trying to take this out of Scripture. The Bible says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus, Jesus shall suffer persecution. I'm trying to be very, very, very careful here. I'm not trying to say that we have experienced the full wrath of the devil in persecution. Because I don't think we have. The books that I've read, the stories that I've heard, the documentaries that I've watched, oh, wow, it's actually a shame to say that we've tr we, ha we, can, we can throw this into the group of persecution. But nonetheless, it is still a level of persecution. You've been rejected. You're str really struggling with life. You're going through the fire. You're going through, through the Red Sea. Guys, it's part of Christianity. It's part of discipleship. If you go through it, Ask God, Lord, what do, you want me to, what, what do you want me to learn out of this? What do you want to teach me? And really make sure Tim Keller preaches a sermon uh, called Don't Waste Your Sorrows. And he points specifically to this, to say God uses those times to form you. I want to make sure, I want to make sure to say this. Hard times doesn't, sh uh, 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 um, doesn't build character. It shows it. It shows where your heart is at when these hard times come. Of course, you learn a lot from them and you say, you kind of point out a lot of times personally for me, I go through these hard times and I thought I was this kind of person and I go through it and I say, but the evidence doesn't prove it. I thought I was a kind of a, a go-getter, a, a hard type of a guy. No, I can handle this and I can push through that and then I get to it and I'm just a crybaby. <laughs> and, and the reality is then, Armand, you have to adapt kind of to that and say, well, the reality is that these sufferings have shown me this and this and the other thing. And that equips you to minister to other people. You might ask, why, are we need, why do we need to suffer? Have you guys heard this verse in the Bible? Is the servant above his master? Jesus said, if they persecute me, surely they will persecute you. Guys, it's just, it's just we imitate Christ. If he went through this, what, what, what gives us any certainty that we shouldn't go through it? Jesus, I think he, I want to say he learned a lot. Um, I, I need to be careful when I say that. But I, I think he experienced a lot through that. And through his sufferings, I think we can learn a lot how to, how to deal with that, with what attitude we need to approach 
sufferings. And again, treading lightly, I don't know what sufferings you're going through. And I don't want to make light of that. But I do want to say that this principle of this suffering that you're going through will possibly work together for good to God. Make sure, be on the lookout for pointers that you can say, yeah, 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 wow, Lord, this is good. I need to apply this. Doesn't the book of Romans say that experience, uh, tri tribulations, experience, experience, hope? Tribulations brings experience. And I've said that a couple of times, but experience says the next tribulation we go through, I can approach this. I can approach this better. Guys, there are numerous, numerous places in the Bible that we read that this tribulation, this purging, um, this, the fact that we're on the potter's bench and God is forming us, it's good for us. It's good for us in this life. We have seen what life does to people that doesn't suffer. We have seen what, life, uh, 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 um, what type of a life people have that just go through life easy. It sometimes ends up at a fact to say, but wow, I, I don't really know how to handle adversity. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of isolated. I don't know how to minister to other people. In Habakkuk 3, 17 and 18, he talks about the fig tree. If it doesn't, um, if it doesn't blossom, then I, I would still follow Christ. I would still joy in the Lord. In John 15, he talks about the purging, that you are this branch, and, and Jesus kind of need to, to shape you and, and, and work with, with, with what he got. And here in and here out, there's going to be some, some toiling in the ground, and we need to put some fertilizer in there and trim, trim a couple of branches that are just gone all wonky out of the tree. We need to kind of get this back in. In Romans 5, 3 and 5, I just mentioned that a whole thing about tribulation works experience. It's good for you. In Acts 5 and verse 41, um, you don't have to check page there. I want to read the verse for you quickly. Ah, sorry. Acts 5, 41, I just want to quickly read this for you. It's a really good verse. The Bible says here, And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for His name. They didn't just say, I'm going to go through this suffering joyously. They said, wow, I count this. I, um, um, I, I'm going to rejoice that I've been counted worthy to suffer. Lord, I don't deserve this suffering. Lord, I, 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 mean, that I can suffer for you? Wow, Lord. Wow. What a privilege. What a privilege. And, and, and again, I say that kind of just easy. But if you need to put yourself in there, guys, how many of us go through suffering and say, oh, thank you, Lord. This is outstanding. I lost my job. Weddings, uh, my marriage is just on the rocks. Lost all my money. That's just great. We don't do that naturally. And that's okay. Please, you shouldn't do that naturally. But we look at this and we say, Lord, Wow, I've been counted worthy to suffer for your sake. Lord, I've been persecuted today through this, that, and the other thing. What a privilege, God. What a privilege. I said earlier, hard times doesn't build character, but it reveals it. Um, I don't want to take away that hard times can definitely show you some things that you can put on your foundation, but a lot of times it shows us truly who we are. I want to make sure that the second, the second point I made here is you are called to partake. You need to understand that this is you taking. You taking. The third point I want to make here is we are called to participate. That's you 
giving. If you're called to preach, we're called to partake. That's you taking. And the third point I want to make here is you are called to participate. You are called to contribute to church. Hebrews chapter 10, and we're going to finish up here. Hebrews chapter 10. If you're still in uh, Timothy, it's just a couple of, uh, of pages to the right. Hebrews 10, just a couple of clothing, closing thoughts I want to share with you. Hebrews chapter 10, we're going to start reading in verse 24. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. Forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, you give. You, it's you giving. It's you saying, let me just make this statement first. You need people, and people need you. Right? There's people in here with experience that I don't have yet. I would love to learn from you. I would love, when I go through that, that you are available. That you are part of the assembling. Whether it would be here, whether it would be at a church bri, whether it would be wherever but I want to be comfortable enough to approach you or somebody needs to, need to know your story well enough to say, you know what, go and chat with that guy or go, 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 go and speak with her or, or, or that brother really knows how to pray for this because he went through this. But we need to understand that, that you need people and people need you. We want to learn from the experience that you have. If we briefly look at the, the disciples of Jesus and kind of look of, at how they gave, they asked if they didn't understand. Okay? They were blunt enough with the parable of the sower. After that, they came to Jesus and said, Jesus, you said a lot of things here. Can you please just show, just, just please elaborate a little bit on what are you trying to, to say here and what, what do you mean by this? We can do the same. If you don't understand, ask. Ask. If you've been in the church for 10 years and, and you've sit in the church every Sunday and you still don't know, that's fine. Just ask. But give of your humility or give up of your pride. When they understood, other times, guys, they acted. Just like James says, faith without work is dead. They acted, all right? They were sent out two by two. You remember that phrase as well. But they acted. They said, all right, we understand now. Let's act on this. And they gave up. They sacrificed of themselves. Guys, they underwent hard times. Again, they gave up for Christ. They were persecuted and put in jail. This is kind of an important one. They made mistakes. Give yourself a break. You're going to fail. There's going to be some shanks coming out of that golf game sometime. There's going to be some, something that pops up and you say, oh wow, I need to get back in charge of this flesh because this is, this is not who I'm supposed to be. But give yourself a break. And be open to the reproving, the rebuking, and the exhorting with long-suffering of fellow believers. They experienced liberty to learn. They had open fields to say, you know what, wow, I, I want to I experience this and I want to learn. And one, one thing I want to point out to you is in Matthew 14, there was the parable, oh, sorry, not the parable, the story of Jesus feeding the, uh, the 5,000. Two chapters later, he did that again. They had that at this one, Jesus didn't blame them for asking, Lord, where are we going to get the food? But in chapter 16, they had another, another opportunity to say, Ah, we've been through this recently. Now again, if you fail there again, that is okay. 
but use the opportunities to learn. Use the opportunities to learn. I want to end up with this by saying, point number three, we are, we are called to participate to give helps. Point number two, we are called to participate in suffering. If we contribute, it helps the fact that when we go through troubles, we have other people to support us. And when we go through sufferings, it helps us to preach. So all of this works together for good. And we are called to disciples. I say again, we are not naturally inclined to push through these things. But we need to understand as disciples, we are called to this. I want to end off with two quotes that I've read. Discipleship is not a call for, for others to come to us to hear the gospel. Discipleship is not a call for others to come to us to hear the gospel, but a command for us to go to others to share the gospel. It's, we, we don't need them to come to us. Of course, if that works, great. But we are called to go to them. And A.W. Tozer said, and this is kind of hard, only a disciple can make a disciple. If you're sitting in here this morning, and you can look around and say, there's, there's nobody in here that, that God used through me to, to come and sit here or listen. I don't remember when, when was the last time God used me to bring somebody to repentance or God gave me the opportunity to, to disciple somebody. But if that's the case, I would just, just turn around and, 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 and look a little bit inward and say, Lord, is there something I kind of lost track of? Do I, do I kind of need back, back on track to say, God, I want you to use me. I want to sit in church and say, wow, Lord, what a privilege to be able to minister to that person and that person and that person. Not because of you, but because God can use you, work through you. Only a disciple can make a disciple. Guys, we are called to preach. We are called to partake. And we are called to participate. And I pray and ask that you would take just this Sunday and think about that. What are you going to do this week to preach? What are you going to do this week to partake? And what are you going to do this week to participate? Thank you for your time. Jesus, thank you, Lord, that you are so humbly and so graciously and long-sufferingly calls us, Lord. Continually, continually prick our hearts. God, I pray that you would help us, Lord. Guide us in this walk, in this journey of discipleship, Lord. Help us, God, to, to stay motivated, to stay ready, to stay prepared, Father. As Paul said, he is, he's ready, Lord, to preach. and he's, he's ready to depart. And Lord, he was always ready. God, I pray that that would be our motto, God, that we would be ready to preach. And Lord, that I pray that you would give us opportunities, Father. Help us to, to partake, Father, whenever these suffering comes, that we would have the right perspective on that, Lord. And, and, and the whole participation, Lord, help us to... And, and, and light that fire within us, Lord, to participate. I pray and ask that you would dismiss us with your blessing here, Lord. And prepare our hearts for the main service to come. And thank you that we have the privilege, Lord, of sitting in church. The privilege of hearing from you. The privilege, Lord, of you pricking our hearts. I pray this in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen.